you open your copy of God's Word this morning and turn to that 13th chapter of Matthew, I'd like to begin by reminding you of what a serious thing it is that we're doing here this morning. You see, as we are picking up the very words of the living God, these are words that are preserved for us by the Holy Spirit. They've been written down at His divine guidance. They've been translated by the providence of God into our language for our edification. And particularly this morning, we are going to consider the words that were spoken on this earth by one who claimed to be the Son of God in human flesh and who was authenticated and who authenticated that claim in ultimate way by rising from the dead. And so can there be any greater privilege than to hear and to be taught by the words spoken by the Son of God as He walked here upon this earth. We're about to read these awesome words and then to think together about what they say. And I just want to remind us that what this is doing and the way it obligates us. It makes us responsible for what we hear. How can we respond personally to the privilege of hearing the Word of God? And how we do respond is probably one of the most important choices that we'll ever make. If I may put it this way, it's what sometimes is called a watershed decision. It causes us to fall down the hill, as it were, on either one course or another. And that course is a matter of eternal consequence. And that's why I say it's a serious thing, what we're doing here today. In fact, I would dare even to say that it's a dangerous thing. Did you realize that coming to church is dangerous? Particularly this church. Now, I don't want to scare anybody off. I don't want to discourage you from being here. In fact, it causes me great joy to see each one of you here this morning but it could be dangerous or hazardous to your health. That is, your spiritual health. You see, coming to Spooner Baptist Church can be dangerous because you're here and you're going to hear the Word of God proclaimed and explained. You see, if upon hearing the Word of God, we do not choose to receive it for what it is, or if we choose to ignore it altogether, if we choose not to explore it deeper and we shrug our shoulders and we say, oh, it's just too hard to understand. We choose to go our way in spite of what it says, not eagerly seeking to know more. If we do not receive it with genuine gratitude and humble faith and an earnest desire to know what it means or even more horrible to say, if we choose to sit in judgment of it and critique it and self-consciously turn our noses up to it, and we reject it, then we're making a serious and a truly dangerous choice. We are choosing to harden our hearts to God's revealed truth at a time when He graciously has seen fit to give it to us. And if that is our choice, then in judgment, God will respond by giving us what we want. 
we would be demonstrating that we do not want to hear what he has to say, and so we'll allow his words of eternal truth to be heard, but not allow us to understand them or even be saved by them. Uh, I can't think of any more horrible uh, thing than to give an account for that on the day of judgment. Now, if on the other hand, we hear God's word with humble reverence and a sincere desire to understand and obey what it says, if we, as the scriptures say, tremble at God's word, if we hear his word with genuine trust in Christ coming to him for instruction and direction as the one who, as Peter has said, the Christ, the living Son, the Son of the living God, and we fully believe that he has the words of eternal life, if we place a proper value on what he says, and as it were, say to him from the heart, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth, then we're making another serious but wonderful choice. We'll then be making the choice to receive his instruction. And if that is our choice, God will respond by giving us what we want. And we would be showing that we have hearts that are truly receptive to his truth. He will graciously respond by giving us more and more truth. He will allow us to truly hear it, to understand it, become transformed by it, if you please. And then, when we finally stand before his throne, how glad we will be that we received what he had to say to us. If the Son of God has walked on this earth and has spoken, and I have no reason not to doubt that he did. In fact, I have every indication to believe that he did, just what it says here. Then we're responsible to welcome his words and truly hear and heed them in such a way as to lead us to the saving of our souls and to taking the message of our salvation and the salvation that is offered to us by Jesus Christ to others. And that's what I say, why I say we're, what we're doing here is a very serious, dangerous thing. It's not a trivial thing to hear God's Word. And upon hearing it, nothing on earth is more important than how we choose to respond to the words that are spoken. And so with that as our introduction, I'd like to read from our passage this morning... Matthew chapter 13, beginning in verse 10 through 17, and it comes after Jesus spoke a parable to the crowds, and then he announced in verse 9, Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. And we begin reading in verse 10, and it says in verse 10, And the disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? He answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. For whosoever hath, to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. And whosoever hath not, from him shall be taken away, even that he hath. Therefore speak I to them in parables, because they seeing not, and because they seeing, see not, and hearing, they hear not, neither do they understand. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, By hearing ye shall hear, and ye shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see, and, not, and shall not perceive. 
For this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, and shall understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I shall, should heal them. But blessed are your ears, or excuse me, blessed are your eyes, for they see, see and your ears, for they hear. For verily I say unto you that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which ye see and have not seen them, and to hear those things which ye hear and have not heard them. Notice with me this morning, first of all, three very simple points. The first one is the disciples' question. The disciples' question, we see it back here in verse 10. Jesus had had just spoken a parable to the crowds. Afterwards, the twelve and some of them, uh, uh, some who were with them, they came privately to Jesus and they asked, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? Now, the literal meaning of the word parable is the placing of one thing by the side of another. It's a teaching method that the Lord used often. It was telling of a story concerning something taken from everyday life, a story that illustrates a spiritual truth in a very profound and penetrating way. Now, chapter 13 is actually full of parables. There are seven in this chapter altogether. And these parables are meant to illustrate to us, as it says in verse 11, the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. And this leads us to another word we need to understand, and that is the word mystery. The word mystery, as being spoken here by Jesus, refers to a divine truth that is hidden in times past, but is now being revealed at the initiative of God. Men cannot figure out such mysteries. They can only be known as God chooses to reveal them. I think that uh, about the Apostle Paul and how he gave a great definition of a mystery in Romans chapter 16. In verses 25 and 26, he said that he preached according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began, but now is made manifest. And these particular parables then are meant to illustrate divine truth about certain mysteries, and these mysteries concern the kingdom of heaven. Jesus is the king who has come to this earth to establish his kingdom, and these parables teach us certain truths about his kingdom that human beings would never know by research or by investigation of any kind. The first parable, which we've already looked at in verses 1 through 9, and then the meaning given to us in verses 18 through 23 concerned uh, about the sowing of this, uh, that goes on in this kingdom. The next three parables are concerned with growth and the spread of the kingdom on the earth. And then there's two more that speak of the great value of the kingdom to our Lord. And then the last one speaks of the Lord's final reception and purification of this kingdom at the end of the age. And so these parables are concerned with one of the greatest themes that human beings could ever think about or contemplate, the kingdom of heaven, over which Jesus Christ will reign on this earth as king. 
But the things Jesus reveals in these parables are mysteries. No one could ever hope to understand these truths unless God, in His grace, condescended to reveal them to people to whom He had given ears to hear them. Now, as Jesus spoke, I can imagine that the disciples were kind of watching the faces of the people. They were watching the crowd, seeing how they would react, seeing how they would respond. I imagine as He spoke to the crowds, not plainly, but in a kind of straightforward kind of way that one would expect, but rather in parables, the disciples saw maybe some perplexed looks on people's faces, kind of like some of you look when I preach sometimes. But I suspect that the disciples weren't entirely sure they understood these parables themselves. I imagine the disciples were even thinking to themselves, if he truly wanted people to understand things, well, then why does he teach in this way? Why doesn't why does he speak to them plainly? Why does he speak in parables? And so when his teaching was over, they went to him privately and they asked him. That was their question. So secondly, notice the Lord's answer. In verses 11 through 15, as we read there, we find perhaps the shocking thing that we discover here. We discover that he actually didn't intend to be plain. He didn't intend for everyone to hear and understand what he was teaching. He meant to reveal these mysteries so that they would be revealed to only certain people. And yet they would remain mysteries to others. He answered his disciples. He told them in verse 11 here, he answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. Now I don't believe that this means our Lord was refusing to reveal truth to some who truly wanted the truth. I believe Jesus is always glad to reveal the truth of his kingdom to whoever genuinely loves him and desires and sincerely desires to understand. It is his great desire to reveal his kingdom. And that, in fact, is why he ordered the gospel to be preached in his name to the whole world. In Luke chapter 8 and verse 16 and 17, we read that he said, No man... When he hath lighted a candle, covereth it with a vessel, or putteth it under a bed, but setteth it on a candlestick, and they shall enter in, uh, which enter in may see the light. For nothing is secret that shall be made manifest, neither anything hid that shall not be known and come abroad. It's never a matter then of whether or not the Lord is willing to reveal the truth. But rather, it's always a matter of whether or not people really want to hear it. In verse 12, he goes on to say there, For whosoever hath, to him it shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. And whosoever hath not, from him shall be taken away, even that he hath. You see, the, the, the thing that makes the difference here, uh, and all the difference, is what the hearer hath, or has, as we would say today. Jesus didn't mean for his words to be truly heard by everyone, because not everyone hath what it takes to hear. Now we know this because he says in verse 9, who hath ears to hear, let him hear. Obviously, all people who heard these words had ears. I'm sure there could have been some 
deaf folks in the crowd or someone who maybe had an accident and got an ear removed. But not everyone had ears to hear. And to those who have ears to hear, that is, those who are receptive. You know, sometimes we've, when our children were smaller, did you hear what I said? Well, yeah, I heard you. But did you really listen to what I said? Did you receive what I said? To those who have ears to hear, they're receptive. Those who believed Him, who trusted Him, who listened intently to what He said, who placed eternal values on His words and intended fully to obey His teaching, He was ready to reveal to them truth. And He never holds back from revealing difficult spiritual truths to those who with all their hearts truly want to understand His words and love Him and obey Him and follow Him faithfully and be saved from their, uh, by Him from their sins. The same truth would be hidden from those who did not want to hear. And that's why He spoke in parables. They may even think that they have a grasp on things, Oh, yeah, I know what's going on. But even what they think they have is going to be taken away from them, he says. He says in verse 13, Therefore I speak, or therefore speak I to them in parables, because they seeing see not, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. And did you know that in this in teaching this way, Jesus was actually fulfilling a very important prophecy given to the Jewish people? We read about this in the sixth chapter of the Old Testament prophet Isaiah. If you remember Isaiah chapter 6, we read about this remarkable vision that Isaiah had. He was given a vision of the Lord sitting on the heavenly throne, and as it says there, high and lifted up. It was at a time when the Lord humbled Isaiah. He purified his lips. He called him into the ministry as a prophet for Israel. He asked him a question. He said, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And Isaiah said, here am I, send me. Isaiah stepped forward in response to God's call. He would go to his people. He would bring the message uh, that God had for them. He didn't realize how difficult that mission would be. Uh, He didn't know what he was getting into. He didn't know that he'd be delivering... A, a, a message that the people did not want to receive, a message that would in fact result in the judgment of the people who heard it. But God told him, He said, Go, tell this people, Hear ye indeed, but understand not, and see ye indeed, but perceive not. Make the heart of this people fat, and their ears heavy, and shut their eyes, lest they see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and convert, and be healed. Can you imagine what a difficult thing this must have been for Isaiah to do? Can you imagine how difficult it must have been to be sent by God to deliver a message to 
his own people that would only result in them becoming increasingly dull of spiritual hearing, increasingly blind in spiritual sight, and spiritually unperceptive of heart. They heard, but they did not have ears to truly hear what they were hearing. God let Isaiah know that his prophetic ministry would result in the people of Israel hearing the truth, but not understanding or perceiving it, that all of this would go on happening until at last his judgment would finally fall upon them. And so Isaiah was prophesying to his own people about the Lord Jesus. He was telling them, you know, there's going to be someday their Savior and their King is going to come. And here in this morning's message, we, this passage, we see this very same Savior and King was before them, and yet they heard His words, and they saw His miracles, they held, beheld His signs, and they would not receive Him and welcome Him as their King. And so as the disciples had gathered around about Him privately, He looked at the crowds and He said there in verse 14, And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which said, by hearing ye shall hear and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see and shall not perceive. For this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and should understand with their hearts and should be converted, and I shall heal them. Now, before I really go any further here, but I need to point something out. I think it's very important. When God spoke these words to Isaiah, it was made clear that he was being sent by God to speak in such a way that his speaking would result in hearers not hearing. God told Isaiah, you go and make the heart of this people dull. You go and make their ears heavy. You go and shut their eyes. But here, in our Lord's words, we find that it was the people who were doing this to themselves. It was the people who were growing dull. It was uh, they who had become hard of hearing. It was they who had shut their own eyes. It was they who had made themselves incapable of hearing. It's a dreadful thing to hear the truth of God's Word and yet choose to close oneself up to the truth. In Romans chapter 1, one of the most dreadful passages of the Bible, Paul writes, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness, because that which may be known of God is manifested in them, for God hath showed it unto them, for the invisible things of him from creation of the world that are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse, because they or because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Romans 1, 18-21. Now you would certainly say in judgment, God himself darkened their hearts, but you also have to say equally, they darkened their own hearts. They willingly suppressed the truth in righteous unrighteousness. 
And that's what happens in people's lives. They take, make a choice. You and I make a choice. We're either going to hear what God says or we're going to reject it. And so I wonder if there might be even someone here today who has been hearing the words of God from this gospel according uh, concerning the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God in human flesh, and who is choosing to suppress the truths in his or her heart. I wonder if there's someone here today who's refusing to hear. Perhaps you hear in a mechanical sense, oh, you can hear my voice, and you say, well, you, I wish that preacher would shut up and say amen and go home. Yes, you can hear me. But you're not allowing yourself to have ears to hear. You're refusing to let the truth about Jesus sink into your heart in such a way as perhaps you need to be saved. Perhaps you need to be obedient to Christ in some area of your life. And if that's you this morning, I need to tell you something, and I tell you this in love. If you make it your choice not to hear in such a way as to let the truths about Jesus sink into your heart, if you receive the truth in such a way to show that you really don't want it, then God is eventually going to respond to giving you what you want. You see, you will not see. Hearing, you will not hear. You will not understand. You will be unable to perceive the saving truth that is laid before your eyes and hear the saving truth that is spoken in your ears and understand the spiritual truth with your heart. Please, don't plug your ears or close your eyes or harden your heart to the truth that God presents to you in His Word concerning the Savior, Jesus Christ. Instead, open your heart, open it to the good news of the gospel, open it to God's word, and with all your being, receive it and seek to understand it. You will never in all eternity regret if you have ears to ear, hear, and you will truly hear it. And that leads us to a final point, and that is that the hearer's, the hearer's blessedness. Verse 16 and 17, And blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For verily I say unto you that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which ye see, and have not seen them, and to hear those things which ye hear, and have not heard them. Jesus makes a real distinction here between the indifferent people in the crowds and the followers who came to him privately, eagerly, Seeking to understand, he tells them, Blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. Perhaps there's, there are those here today who, maybe you once mocked Jesus. Maybe you once said that you weren't going to believe in him, and you didn't want anything to do with him. Maybe at one time you fought against him because you didn't want him to interfere in the way you wanted to live, and the things you wanted to hear and wanted to believe and do. But it's a great blessing today to be able to say that, whereas you were once blind to him, but now you see. Whereas once you were deaf to his words, but now you hear. It was by his grace that he did this. He graciously gave you saving eyes 
to the spiritually blind, and saving ears to the spiritually dull, and saving understanding to those who spiritually did not understand. No one who is blind or deaf or ignorant to Him has to remain that way. Those who were right then speaking to Him, right here in this passage, had been given sight and hearing and understanding of heart, And look how blessed, he says, they were. He said, blessed are your eyes. Look how blessed you are. How blessed you are. These humble followers knew the King uh, uh, Jesus that others in past generations had longed to know, and they were saved by him. I think of Apostle Peter who wrote about this, and I suspect he was maybe even thinking about the words of Jesus When he wrote, he said to his believing Jewish brothers and sisters, Oh, of what salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ which was in them did signify when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow, unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves but unto us they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven, which things the angels desire to look upon. 1 Peter 1, 10 through 12. Jesus spoke in parables, and he revealed the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but he was selective about it. And he issued a great invitation. He said, he who hath ears to hear, let him hear. And so if you have ears to hear, then greatly value the words of God that have been brought to you to your hearing. If you're here without a relationship with Jesus Christ, if you haven't received the good news of the gospel and what Jesus did for you, oh, I didn't say you haven't heard it, but haven't received it. There's a difference of hearing something and receiving it. Children can hear their fathers instruct them and command them and to to give them instruction about what to do. They can hear it, but they don't receive it, and they go out, out and do otherwise. It's the same way here. We can hear it, but do we receive it? Do we value these precious words as divine truth? Do we seek with all of our heart to know in an ever deepening personal way the Son of God who is revealed in them. Come to Him. Trust Him. Love Him. Obey Him. And listen, Christian. Listen, child of God. Don't stop receiving what God's Word has for you. Jesus said, For whosoever hath, to him shall be given, and it shall have more abundance. Are you living the abundant Christian life this morning? coming to Him when you are in need, trusting Him, loving Him, obeying Him, and praise Him, thank Him, because He has given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. Let's bow in prayer. Father in heaven, we thank You, Lord, for these verses often overlooked because they're right in the middle of the parable of the soils. And it's easy just to kind of steer around them and 
and overlook them and go on from here. But Lord, there's some important words here. It's an important principle for us to take heed to. Oh, I pray that this morning each one here has ears to hear, eyes to really see, and an understanding to really understand what your word is telling them this morning. Lord, I pray by the Spirit of God, not something that I have said, but but the Word of God, the Spirit of God working in hearts this morning, that you will give that understanding and help these folks, each one of us, as we open the Word of God, as we read it, we study it, we hear it preached, give us ears to hear and eyes to see, And help us to understand what you have for us. This is most important, more important than all the things that we could think of in this world. Lord, help us us to take it seriously. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.